The Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference presents SAT Prep, Winning Test-Taking Strategies, Session 1, a professional development seminar featuring President Robin O'Neill and Jen Hagee of Passports to College and Test Prep Strategist Shyanthia Hembry. This workshop focuses on providing high school students tips on how to prepare for each section of the SATs as well as some other valuable test-taking information. Without further ado, the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference presents SAT Prep, Winning Test-Taking Strategies, Session 1, featuring Robin O'Neill, Jen Hagee, and Shyanthia Hembry. purpose um, and how you with confidence can do well. How many have taken uh, the PSAT? Okay, you people. How many have taken the SAT already? Okay, one time experience, right? We want you to take it more than one time. Why? And we'll talk about that. Uh, it's so important. How are you doing? Are you with um, DC? DC schools? What school are you with? Latin. Okay. <laughs> we have all kinds of uh, schools represented from DC today. Uh, we're going to be talking, uh, giving you tips on uh, each of the sections of the SAT after we talk about uh, some general things, uh, including math. Ms. Hemsby will be doing math. I'm Jan Hagee, uh, and this is Robin O'Neill. We're from Passports to College. We have um, a passion for helping young people do well on uh, these college entrance um, exams, as well as talking with you about how to be competitive for scholarships. Um, the SAT is one of several indicators, um, and we are finding that colleges are not necessarily requiring it anymore. It depends on the college you're choosing. Um, how many have CT. How many have taken the ACT? We've got a couple people over here. Okay. ACT, good. All right, well, we're glad um, to have you here. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about not being afraid of the SAT, and there's some things that you can be doing right now. How many are 10th graders? Ninth graders, any ninth graders? Okay, good. Right now, you can be doing some things to help you prepare for these admissions tests. One is to read. How many of you love reading? Nobody. Oh, oh well, good. Very good. Important, important that you read. Um, I know that you love to read on the um, computers, on your phone and whatever, but reading the classics, reading, um, critical you know, information, keeping up to date and what's happening around the world, all will be helpful. The other thing is vocabulary, and I'm a big, big, um, I'm a nut regarding vocabulary. And it is um, a key factor with regard to um, getting a higher score on the SAT. We're gonna talk about, again, math, the reading section, uh, what we call the writing section, 
but that is essentially your role in that section of the test is to be an editor. How can you better, um, how can you better craft this paragraph or this sentence? So it's not necessarily writing. Writing an SAT essay is now optional. It used to be mandatory, okay? But we recommend that you uh, take that part of the test, even though it's optional, okay? Uh, we're gonna talk now about the SAT. Um, I believe that it's uh, a great test for young people, testing your intellect as well as your, your skills, test-taking skills. Why take it? To go to college, to become part of the NCAA eligibility uh, center. How many are athletes in the room? Okay. You might, through the SAT, have to deal with, uh, you know, uh, acceptance or admission to colleges that have teams that you want to get on. SAT can be used for scholarships and grants. Improving, we take it to improve the uh, score, and we'll talk about that in a minute. What would be your answer to this question? Why take the SAT? All of the above, exactly, all of the above. Um, we talked about the NCAA Eligibility Center, so our athletes have to be cognizant of this exam as well as others who are looking for science and math. Um, the SAT score often is, can be asked by a scholarship organization, so you might want to consider doing well on the SAT so that you can submit it for grant uh, grants and scholarships. We talked about taking the SAT more than once because what, rather than submitting a score for that particular exam, by taking it more than once, you can choose your best score from each of the sections to come up with a final SAT score. So look carefully at these three test dates. Um, this particular student did real well uh, in October. They got 550 points on the reading section. And they took the Right, uh, they took it a second time. They did real well on the writing section. Uh, looks like the second and third tests. And then for math, they did well uh, on the, looks like first. So what we would do would be to add up the best scores from each of the sections to um, submit as your SAT score. So if you take it once, you only have one set of scores to uh, think about. But if you take it more than once, which we recommend, you'll have uh, the opportunity to report your best scores. Um, here's some quick facts about the SAT. In the past, you were penalized for uh, submitting a wrong answer, okay? Now that is not true. So, and Ms. Him Himsby will tell you more about that. It's so important to provide an, uh, as many answers as you can, and there's some tips around that. Um, there are zero points for leaving it blank, so we're recommending some strategies to fill in as many of those uh, question 
spaces as possible. You'll be able to use a calculator in some, with some of the questions, not all. Uh, and there are certain calculators that are accepted, okay? Um, those who've taken the SAT, did you, do you remember those sections? Do you remember having to use the, able to use the, your calculator and some you cannot? Do you remember those sections or are you blanking the whole thing out? <laughs> okay. All right. We would urge you, I'm going to cut this off now. Uh, we would urge you to re, um, understand the, all the elements of the test we're going to be talking about and apply, um, apply your different skills. How many know about the subject area test? The SAT subject areas. You can take a designated test uh, in the subject area in order to uh, also submit those scores. So our international students, our folks who are um, fluent in languages, there are language tests that you can take if you love history or science. Okay, now we're going to talk about the math section and some other tips. Welcome to the new students who come in. What school are you from? Flowers. Okay. While we're waiting for Ms. Hemsby to set up, um, how many can tell me the meaning of this word, infallible? Infallible. And, and one SAT um, word that you might find out, it gives some clues within the word about what it means. Okay, not able to make a mistake. The word itself gives you some clues. You see the middle fall, fall. Okay, and if we look at the prefix, I N, excuse me, I N I L, uh, signify not. Okay, so right now we've got not fall. And then the IVLE is a suffix that signals that it's an adjective meaning able. Able. So ability, IVLE, ABLE, all of those suffixes indicate a, um, not, uh, an adjective and translated able. So not able to fall in okay? So many words, even though you may not have seen them before, you can use the word itself to make an educated guess. Okay, we'll have more vocabulary words. Okay, okay all right. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. All right, um, welcome to our session. Thank you so much for taking the time out of the day to do that. We have some new folks in the room. Where are you all representing from? Western, all right, Western High School. Is that the only other group that just came in? Western, okay. So Western, you're in the room with, oh, oh, flowers as well? Okay, all right, flowers, okay, all right. So my name is Shayanthea Hembry. I, I um, 
am a test prep strategist. So I'm hoping that I'll give you all a few tips today in the math area. I wanted to start out here with what is actually on the test. Do you all know what's on the test and what they want you to do? Okay, awesome. All right, how many have taken the test already? Okay, awesome. Who do we have in the room? Do we have class of 21? 2020? Oh, 2020 is here? Okay, excuse me, raise your hand. We have to celebrate 2020, woo woo! <laughs> all right, 2020's in the building. Okay, see, I didn't know 2020 was in the building. I'm excited for you all to be here. This is great, so you all already know this stuff. Y'all are like, we're not taking the test anymore. Okay, but do we have 21 in the room? All right, class of 21, yes. All right, 22? All right, yes, 23? Woo woo! All right, any 24s by chance? Yes! All right, early birds get the worm. I love that. Okay, I may have to have one of these 2020 members tell the 24 member how important it is to start early. Can we tell them how important it is? Very important. You hear that? Okay, you're in the right place. All right, good. Okay, so I just wanted to give you a quick overview. Now, I'm speaking from the math perspective, okay? So I'm going to increase this because I want you all to see something very, very key. Here you have the math section. Now, notice how it's like the third section of the test, right? So you spend all your, your good energy <laughs> with your reading and then you have your math. So here you have math with no calculator. How many questions are there? 20. And at the end, they give you grid ends, right? Those are the questions that actually do not have multiple choice on them, okay? Then they give you 25 minutes to do those. What topics are covered? Algebra, advanced math, and geometry, okay? All right. So. Now, we have a math um, test that you actually are using a calculator for. You have 38 questions, eight of which at the very end are grid ends, okay? Um, how many skip these grid ends? Go ahead and be honest. When you took the PSAT, did you skip the ones that didn't have multiple choice? All right, somebody's in the room being honest. I know that. Now, we are going to not skip them, okay? Let me tell you a secret. There are five grid ends on the non-calc, and there are eight grid ends on the calculator part. But did you know that there are two easies and one medium in each set? But if you don't do them, what happens? You don't get a point, right? You just gave six points away, okay? Those points mean something, okay? Now, in the calculator section, what's different from calculator and non-calc? Ah, uh, in the topics. Uh-oh. Problem solving and data analysis. How many of you here take stats? Statistics, anyone? Okay, we have one person. All right, now, anybody great with ratios and proportions, probabilities, stuff like that? No, kind of. I see a hand. I see you. Okay, so those are the ones that show up on the, on the calculator section, okay? So I wanted you all to see how different the sections are, okay? So we're going to look at a quick tip I'm going to show you. All right. Now this is our, this is what we call our scale to raw score um, conversion, okay? Someone throw out a good score. 
1300 If I was to split that in half, what would it be? 750 Uh-oh. 1300 Okay, let's just go with a 1300 1300 split in half would be what? Mathematicians in here? 650 Okay. Now, look at where the 650 is. Everybody see 650 Okay. Go over two columns from the 650 What's the number that you see? Uh-oh, wait a minute. Okay, 41 to 42. Let's go with 42. Is that okay? All right. Now, let's say you want to get that 650. Did you know that all you needed to answer was 42 questions out of 58? 42 questions out of 58 to get a 650. Now, you may be thinking, oh, hmm, that's still a lot, but think about it. Okay, how many minutes do you get? Anyone know? Ah, one section is um, 55, the other section is 25. What is that when you add it? Let's see our quick minds today. Who's doing that mental man? 80, okay. Now, originally, they wanted you to do 58 problems in 80 minutes. Now, you only have to do how many? 42. What happens to your time? It increases. Who said it? Raise your hand. Yes, very good. Your time increases in the sense that you get to actually slow down a little bit. Did you see that? You're actually giving yourself a little bit of time. Did you know that your goal is not, I shouldn't say this, but I will. Understand what I mean when I say it. Your goal is not to answer all of the questions. Uh-oh. Did I lose someone? <laughs> Your goal is not to answer all of the questions. Your goal is to answer as many as you can get correct, right? Because you get one point for correct, you get zero points for wrong, and you get zero points for, for leaving it blank, okay? All right, so if we're on a session, Okay, I want you to know that you actually want to answer as many as you can, okay, correctly. Now, how many of you all know that there's no penalty on the test anymore? Raise your hand. Okay, not everyone in this room knows that. But when you leave here, you will know that. Everybody say no penalty. No penalty. Okay, because there is no penalty, okay, on the test, we leave no bubbles left behind. Everybody repeat, no bubbles left behind. Uh-oh, that's not everybody. No bubbles left behind. Okay, now I say that because you are going to actually see this person. They answer nine questions correct and nine questions wrong, okay? They had two, excuse me, that they could have guessed, but they left them blank, okay? So now their raw score is what? What's the raw score if they got nine right? Nine, that's your raw score. This person, a butterfly work scholar, okay, they actually answered 14 correctly and got six wrong. But the ones that they would have skipped, okay, there were five that they could have skipped. At the end, they actually filled them in with the letter of the day. Any letter, who says C? 
Always, okay, he's going with always see. You agree with him? Okay, all right. So let's say you all know when the prophet says you have five minutes left, okay, on your test, everybody fill in the bubble, okay? Fill in the bubbles, all the blank spaces. This person actually filled in their bubbles and the five that they would have normally skipped and left blank, they filled them in and they actually got two of those right because they happen to be the right answer. Okay, what would have happened had they left all five blank? They wouldn't have gotten what? The point, they wouldn't have got the points. Okay, so on our test, when we take it, we leave what? No bubbles left behind, very good. Okay, so I want you all to see this really quickly. Okay, all right, I'm going to, everybody have a pencil? Okay, you don't have a pencil? Okay, if you don't have one, we're gonna make sure that you get one. I like to use this example because it really shows you what to do. Oh, excuse me. Okay, now, while I explain, they're gonna uh, pass out pencils to you, okay? Now, can everyone see? Can everyone see the, okay, the um, up here? Okay, it says, Michael is twice as old as Janet is and half as old as Tito is. If Janet is J years old, how old is Tito? Do you think you have to come up with an algebra problem? Who thinks that? I see a few hands. Okay, something complicated, right? Now, did you know that when you hit the test and you see any problems that have letters in them, I want you to replace that letter with a number. Can somebody give me a number, any number? Five. Five, who said it? All right, cool. Now, everyone on your sheet, turn your sheets over. Okay, because right now you may, oh, actually, let me see. The back of your book. Okay, actually, you can do it this way. So, on your book, as a matter of fact, you can just write it on the front. It's okay, everybody has a book or a sheet of paper in front of them, you can write this down. Now, someone tell me, if Michael is twice as old as Janet is, and Michael is half as old as Tito is, if Janet is J years old, then how old is Tito? Now, all of these letters here represent Tito's age, but let's figure out what it is. So everybody put J equals five, okay? Now, if Janet is five, how old is Michael? 10, put M equals 10. Uh-oh, we have some smart, brilliant folks in here. All right, now, here it says that Michael is half as old as Tito, so how old is Tito? Uh-oh, oh, who says five? <laughs> who says 20? Okay, the folks who said 20, you got it, okay? Remember, Michael is half as old as Tito, so that means Tito is what? Twice as old as Michael, yes, very good. Now, do we all have our numbers? We have J equals what? And M equals, and Tito equals 20, okay? Now, Without doing any algebra and no hocus pocus, no extra hard stuff, let's plug in our J. What's our J? Five. 
If we plug in our J, which one of these will equal Tito's age? Uh-oh. Who says D? Who says B? Who says C? Oh, this is good. Okay. Is it D? Yes, very good. Did you have to do any algebra? No, okay, no algebra done, okay? So the key tip there that I'm giving you is if you see variables in your answer choices, what should you do with those letters? Substitute for a number, yes, very good, okay. Next tip, let's see if we can get another one in. You're listening to SAT Prep. Winning Test-Taking Strategies, Session 1, a professional development seminar featuring Robin O'Neill, Jen Hagee, and Shyanthia Hembry. Brought to you by the Global Catalyst for Change, the Bay STEM Global Competitiveness Conference, where we make the untapped potential possible. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube Okay, now, if by chance you're on the test, I need you to know two things. Notice this. The answers here are in order, like, how are they in order? Greatest to least, right? Did you know that every math problem on the test outside of the gridens are in order from least to greatest or greatest to least. Did you know that? Oh, who knew that? Raise your hand. Only one person? It's all good. Two people, three people. Okay, that's good. Now, do all of you know that? Yes. You can use this as an advantage, okay? If all of them are in order and you have your calculator and you wanted to plug in an answer, which ones should you plug in first? Which ones? B and C, why? It'll take out another answer. Okay, do you wanna use B and C because aren't B and C in the middle? Okay, yes. Now, we're, without even doing this problem, I'm gonna show you a trick. What if we plug in C and C is too small? Which ones can we eliminate? C and D. You just gave yourself a 50-50 chance to get it right. Now you have A and B, you got it? Okay, now if we plugged in B and B was right, our answer is done. But if we plugged in A and A is wrong, then we know the answer is what? B, bam, you got it. You just, you just cut your time in half, okay? You got that one? Okay, all right. <laughs> Y'all are like, oh my God, okay. All right, so. Here's another thing. I want to see if you all could tell me the answer to this problem. All right, can you all see it? Okay, it says if X divided by Y is equal to four, then what is the value of eight Y divided by X? The first thing you may think is, Boop, these are letters, I'm skipping it. Raise your hand if you said it. Bam, I see you, I see you. You know why? Because that was me. <laughs> that was me, but let me show you how easy.
if x divided by y equals 4, what number can we use for x and y? Oh, I heard, I heard. Everybody, whoever, whatever number you use, put it down now. X, let's try this one. X equals 8. Everybody write it. And y equals what? 2. Okay. X equals 8 and y equals 2. Do we all have it written down? Okay. Now that we know that x is 8 and y is 2, they equal 4, correct? When you divide them? Okay. Come on over here. Let me see if I can work from this side. It's too close. <laughs> okay. 8 times 2 is what? Our x is what? So 16 divided by 8 would equal, bam, that's our answer. If you were on the test and you would normally skip, I don't want you to skip anymore. Not when you know that you can plug in a letter. Is that cool? So the two tips we have, actually we have three. First thing out the gate, okay? We leave what? No bubbles left behind. Very good. Okay, that's our first tip. Second tip, if you are on the test and you see letters, you should do what? Plug in a number. Excellent. And if you know that all of your answer choices are in order from least to greatest, which two letters should you pick first? B or C. Very good. Excellent job. Okay, y'all have three tips, right? Okay, three tips that you can actually use. These are all useful okay that you can use okay now one thing i want you to remember before you leave i have a method that i teach all of my students it's called the now later never method if you're on the test let's just say you're in the math section it's 20 questions which one should you do first no who said it Easy. Why should you do the easy ones first? You save your time. Excellent. Now, even if you're in, if you're in pre-calc, if you're in algebra two, you knock out those questions that you see on the regular. Do you understand? Do we have that? All right. Do the easies. Later questions. Later questions are the ones that you use the strategies I just taught you. You come back to them and you actually fill in the answer choice. You can plug in an answer, or you can actually plug in a letter, I mean a number for a letter. Now, after you've done all the easies, after you've done all the laters, okay, the nouns, the laters are done, you have your nevers. What should we do with our nevers? These are the blank ones that we left behind as we were going through. What should we do with them? Fill in, yes, a letter of the day. You said C, someone, someone said C. Okay, very good. Okay, so when you leave from here, do you have some math tips that you can use? All right, excellent. Clap it up for yourselves. Okay, ladies and gents, can you give a round of applause for Miss? Great tips there. We're going to go next to the reading section. Okay, I heard some groans over here. <laughs> and there's no need to groan and moan. We're gonna talk about some tips. Um, checking on some strategies you already use. How many, when you are taking the test or, or doing even a class assignment, 
do you deal with the questions first? You look at the questions first. How many do that? Okay, great. And then how many do some strategic reading? Well, I don't mean, well, I could mean skimming to get a general idea. How many skim? Okay, good. And then how many use uh, some strategic strategies, like reading the first paragraph, reading the last paragraph, reading the first sentence of each paragraph, okay? Those, that is a strategy that you might wanna consider. Why? Because those paragraphs, if structured, you know, classically or correctly, are gonna give you the basic information. The first paragraph is, has to lay out what is this reading all about. The last paragraph is gonna give you uh, a conclusion. The first sentence of the paragraph, or somewhere close in that paragraph, will give you the topic sentence, that kind of basic idea that you got in elementary school, the topic sentence, okay? So we're gonna apply some of those reading strategies. Remember, you have limited time in the reading. Um, there is not a lot of time to read a, a section that's, you know, maybe uh, a whole page long. So I'd ask you to consider, uh, and we found it successful with students who read strategically so that they can get the basic information. Really critical that you, if they take the time to create a, gra a, a graft in the reading section, you know you're probably gonna get a question on that, okay? So in your, in your chairs were um, uh, this three pages with regard to the reading section. We're gonna be working on those three pages. Do you have those with you? And you're gonna need a pencil. Okay, thinking about what you want your score to be, consider all of the tips that you've already learned, and now we're going to apply it to the reading section. Okay, so you should have on that first page information about, um, uh, on the left-hand column, there's just a one-paragraph reading section. Okay, it's about Augusta Ada King. Could you read that quickly for me? Then we're gonna be answering the questions. Read that paragraph very quickly about Augusta Ada King. Time, okay. <laughs> and that's the reality, okay. You only have you know, one or two minutes and you don't wanna spend a lot of time. This is a short paragraph, so perhaps we can get through you know, um, really quickly. All right, so we've got two questions. I'm gonna ask this side. You're gonna be answering question eight, not, not right now, and you're gonna be answering question nine. Okay, what do we know? Give me some quick facts about what's contained in the paragraph, some real quick facts, yes. She was influential in the uh, computer programming area. Okay, very significant. And another quick point. Another point that you learned from the paragraph, yes. She had a, a computer program named after her, all right? Another quick fact, another quick fact, anybody? Yes, she created that language, right? Okay, 
Um, what do we mean by flamboyant? Ah, and flamboyant, someone who is on their own path, not necessarily uh, responsive to any criticism or this is so new, it can't be right kind of person. Um, she was famous because she was related to Lord Byron. Okay, here's where your reading skills come in handy. How many know about Lord Byron? Nobody? Someone said poet, okay. Famous poet, English poet. All right, so we learned some things about Miss Ada, I'm sorry, Augusta Ada King. It's important that you lay your eyes on the you know, basic information about her because you're gonna be answering question eight over here and question nine over here, okay? Have one minute. These are multiple choice. Be careful to read the questions. The questions are not necessarily straightforward. They ask you to do some thinking. Are you allowed to discuss? A few minutes, yeah. One minute. Okay, time. Number eight, question eight. The passage is, and the key word is primarily. Primarily, meaning overall, the main idea. Okay, the comprehensive, uh, you know, uh, summary of this question. Okay, what's your answer then? The passage is primarily concerned with? Someone said C, someone said E. Okay, all right. We've got a lot of possibilities, but again, look at the question. The primary purpose of this paragraph is C, summarizing how and why Augusta Ada King is celebrated. Okay, they give you lots of examples. They've named movies after her, there have been books, etc. But the primary reason for the paragraph is to summarize how and why. Okay, question nine, and you have to listen carefully. The author of the passage would likely disagree, okay? Look carefully at the question. The author of the passage would most likely disagree with which one of these? Her family history plays no part. Um, her contributions in computer science were markedly original. Interest in her has spread throughout popular culture. Uh, D and E. Who chose, well, what answers were selected? Okay. Remember that question, that passage about her relative being Lord Byron? Okay. And um, how famous that link was. Her family history plays no part? No. It does play a major part. So the author would likely disagree. Disagree. So our answer is A. Have to watch carefully the questions, okay? Um, you have next a, first of all, I, I apologize for them being in this order, but you have uh, first questions. So this gives us an idea about how to use this particular strategy. You have questions on the left-hand side. Then you have a passage, looks pretty long to me. 
And then on the back is a graft, okay? So, we don't wanna spend five minutes reading this whole thing, right? Here's where we can apply some strategic reading. First paragraph, um, anyone? Ah, we have an idea of what this writer is gonna be talking about in these, you know, three, four uh, paragraphs. We have an idea, what are some of the, what are some things that hit you right away? This is gonna be a, a transportation issues in today's world, right? What else? Time efficiency, right? What else? Finance, who said that? Okay, why? Why finance? Okay, idea-driven economies require people working, not sitting in traffic, okay? And it says the regions of the country or the cities, the counties in the country that deal effectively with reducing commuter time have a better shot uh, to develop economically. Okay, first sentence of the next three paragraphs. Anybody? The auto-dependent transportation system has reached its limit in its most major cities and mega region. <laughs> mega region. Okay, is DC a mega region? Do we have traffic issues? Abundant traffic issues. Okay, next sentence of the next paragraph. The costs are astounding. In Los Angeles, congestion eats up more than four, 485 million working hours a year. That's 70, that's 70 hours or nearly two weeks of full-time work per commuter. Ah, sitting in traffic eats up production time, okay? Next, par next paragraph, first sentence. It's ironic that so many people still believe the main remedy for traffic congestion is to build more roads and highways, which of course only makes the problem worse. All right, thank you. So this writer is saying that building more highways solves the problem, right? Excuse me? This writer is saying that building more highways, no, exactly. Look at what you're reading. Listen to the questions. Okay, last sentence, last paragraph, first sentence. The coming decades will likely see more intense clustering of jobs. Okay. Okay, clustering of jobs, innovation and productivity in smaller, in a smaller number of bigger cities or city regions. All right, one basic sentence about this writing. What is the author saying? This author is concerned about the waste of time for commuting, right? This author doesn't agree that we should build more highways in order to solve the problem. We've got to find some other things we've got to do. Okay, we know that this particular passage has a graft on the back, and we know we're probably going to have to confront this. So, in one minute, let's see if you can answer the question um, posed by the graphic, okay? And that's question B. What claim about traffic congestion is supported by the graft? Look at the question correct, uh, you know, specifically. Which claim? The graft is on the back page, right? And the question 
is um, question B with some possible answers. Question A, which one of the answers would you choose based on the graph information? Okay, what's your answer? <laughs> Look at the information on the graph. That will have you be used to answer your question. Okay? What's your answer? Do we have a consensus on C? Okay, C. All right. Another section is the writing section. And if you'll, we, since we're running out of time, I urge you to look in your text booklet for strategies with regard to the writing section. Again, it's not you writing, it's being an editor. How can we make these sentences and paragraphs better, okay? We have a sample that you could take with you, okay? In the meantime, wanted to check to see if we can get some winners to tell us what this word means. Interoperability. Interoperability. Remember the words give you clues. Interoperability. What do you see in the middle of the word? Okay, op operate. That's our root. That's our root. And then I-B-L-E, able, able. Okay, so we've got the ability to operate and then enter in between. Enter in between operate ability. So interoperability is a word that causes, well, says that there's a connection between some things. Um, in 9-11, when the um, towers were, um, were hit, the policemen were on a different frequency than the um, emergency workers and so on. So this word became prominent during that time. Rather than have individual frequency, radio frequencies, there was a push to uh, operate together. Here's another word that requires that you know some of the um, prefixes and roots that have numbers. This word is sesquicentennial, sesquicentennial. And again, the word gives you some clues in itself. Let me give you an example. The Ohio State University is celebrating its blank anniversary of its founding. 70th? No. Our root is what? Our root is cent. How many cents in a dollar? 100 cents in a dollar. You're not looking it up on the computer, I know. Okay, hold on. Cent, 100. If you look at this particular ending, the suffix represents celebration or anniversary. So we're, we got an anniversary of a hundred something, right? All right, now we've got to deal with the prefix, sesquid, S-E-S-Q. 
Q-U-I. Anyone know what that prefix means? This is a real world. This, uh, sorry, this is a real word. So, sesqua means one and a half of something. One and a half of something. So, we have 100, and then a half of 100 is 50. So, 50th? No? 150th. Okay. One more word before you go. Indefatigable. Indefatigable. Okay. Anybody see in the middle? How many see fatigue in this word in the middle? Fatigue. F A T I and then G U E would be fatigue. All right. So we said A-B-L-E, I-B-L-E, able to. So we've got fatigue and able. Now this word has two prefixes, two prefixes. I-N, not. And what about the D-E in this case, D-E? Descend, not able to be tired. Okay, very good. Easy enough when you look at the signals that the words give you. Okay, vocabulary is key, key, key. So use resources from the College Board as well as things that you're learning through your reading to increase your vocabulary words. Okay, glad to have you here today. Our session is ended and you'll be going to another. Thank you for listening to SAT Prep, Winning Test Taking Strategies, Session 1, a professional development seminar. Featuring President Robin O'Neill and Jen Hagee of Passports to College and Test Prep Strategist Shyanthia Hembry. If you have enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.bea.org. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.